0: Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Bridging Knowledge and Policy, a podcast from the Institute for Governance Reform. How can we bridge the gap between knowledge and policy? The Institute for Governance Reform is a research and advocacy think-tank based in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Well, in this episode, religious leaders and academics draw on Sierra Leone's a strong religious tolerance to tamper political tensions following a violent protest on August 10th, and rise in social media hate messages ahead of the 2023 general elections. So, hello and welcome to IGL's podcast. Kindly introduce yourselves, starting from... Okay, um,
1: Dr. Fatma Tataki and um, I work at the University of Sierra Leone, and um, I am immediate past president, 5050 group. All right,
2: next. My name is Alhaji Murtada Sese. I'm a retired pharmacist from the United Nations. Uh, at the moment, I'm first vice president of the Interreligious Council Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. and also chairman of the National
3: Medical Supplies Agency.
4: Oh, okay.
3: Good day to all. I am Father Joseph Toure. I am the vice chancellor of the University of McKinney, I'm a Catholic priest.
0: Okay. So it's good to have you all here, and um, we're talking about national cohesion today, and it has been quite uh, something in Sierra Leone, and. We want to start by asking, starting with Dr. Fatou Taki, what's your view of the state of um, national cohesion in Sierra Leone?
1: Interesting question. The state of national cohesion. Um, at the moment, I, I don't see it as it's fully rounded. It's complete. Um, I think um, we do have um, fractions here and there of um, conflict and various things that people disagree on. So therefore, um, it sort of inhibits and erodes the kind of cohesion we thought we had, Mm. you know, post-war, you know, just uh, the early 2000s and um, up to now. Now, a lot of these things, I think, that are eating up on the effectiveness of having a full cohesion is mostly pointed to politics. And politics being kind of the stem or the nucleus from it, um, then you have various things like uh, ethnicity, like uh, party color, like tribe, all these things. But really they're hinged on politics. And this is why I say I don't see it as a full rounded cohesion that we we currently have. Not like what we had um, just in the early 2000, 2002, when the war was declared over up to maybe 2012,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we, we sort of had that full circle where people walked together, where we didn't see as much conflict. Probably because we were healing. It was mm-hmm. just kind of immediately healing after the war. Mm-hmm. But coming over these years from post 2012, um, the political space now seems to be um, quite vicious. And, and um, we're losing that cohesion that we, we had. That's, yeah. yeah, from my view.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Father Joe and Sheikh, would you want to shed light on this? And probably add a little on why or how did we come to this political...
2: Okay, uh, I would like to take it from a perspective of... Uh, yes, they have different people, depending on the stratum of the society, they have different concerns with regards to national cohesion. And every time this question is asked to me, I reflect a little bit, the issue of national cohesion itself is non-controversial. So I ask myself, if there is no controversy with everybody is is, uh, in a nation Mm -hmm. and cohesion is desirable, why are we having these concerns in different parts of the society? And I begin to think (coughs) that maybe we have not drilled uh, too deeply into the elements of National cohesion. Hmm. Yeah? What is national cohesion? I think if we can take it from that perspective going forward, maybe we will find the concern, we'll, we identify the concerns that have been expressed, that, as our sister has just said, and what needs to be done. But I will stop at the point that national cohesion is both a process and an outcome. So if we want to solve the problem, we have to look at the process and then we have to look at the outcome. But I will stop so far, maybe.
0: Okay. We can take it further. Yes. So, uh, Father Joe, what would you like to add on that?
3: Um, I would also agree with uh, Allergy mm-hmm. that uh, it's an ideal. It's the type of society we want to form, we want to bring about. So, the question is uh, do we have a shared vision? Yes, we're trying to have a shared vision
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, around uh, our own values despite the tension of the changes around us, the context around us. And uh, do we, as a nation, are we working towards achieving equality? Are we working towards achieving uh, trust? Are we working towards achieving uh, trust among us, trust between, I mean, the state and uh, the society? Mm. For me, I believe uh, it's a process we have to walk towards that we have to walk towards that ideal and i believe we are walking towards that there are challenges around maybe our political vision maybe we have challenges around political vision but i believe as a nation when we look at uh, where we have come from i think we are gradually walking towards becoming a nation there are challenges we need to move from i mean a state to a nation we need to move from uh, tribal groupings or uh, ethnic groupings to a nation. It takes time. Mm. I mean, the developed country, they took time to become a nation yeah. and they are still struggling with the idea of I mean, shared value, shared consensus. So I believe uh, it's a process and we are working towards that.
0: And one would want to ask that, is this the act of working um, towards this process, is it feasible?
3: It is. It takes time. There are certain things we need to address. I mean, shared values. When I say shared values, do we shared values around our constitution, which I mean, uh, anchors our aspirations, what we want to be as a society, what we want to be as a nation? We are working towards that. It takes time. It takes time to build a nation. I believe you ask ourselves if you ask the question, I "Mean, why is it that um, when it's time for elections?" people begin to be concerned and worried about, I mean, being divided as a nation. But then we share same faith, we celebrate diversity, we go to school together, we have values of intermarriages among ethnic groups. I mean, these are all values we share. But then when it comes to politics, it is framed in a way that, I mean, people have to choose whether it's politics or development. And so we perceive ourselves as being divided. But I believe we are walking along. I mean, we we are moving towards that, but there are challenges. All
0: right. Uh, Shek, you mentioned earlier about the elements. You didn't really quite elaborate on that.
3: Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, With regards to process Mm. uh, before the outcome, uh, I think that citizens should not only be instilled with the values of national cohesion, Mm -hmm. they should be also enabled or empowered to do the things that enhance national cohesion. For example, Mm uh i take the case of the the, our national anthem what do citizens think about our national anthem and when i say think it's not just singing or reading yeah what does it mean when the national anthem is being played what is the attitude of people towards it this is an element should be disseminated at all levels what does it mean uh, at what what uh, intellectual capacity do you need to appreciate some of the values of cohesion, national cohesion. Uh, Is it the same for everybody? If it is not, then we take appropriate actions to uh, enable citizens, depending on where they are, Mm -hmm. that is right from the the village to national level. So that's some of the elements. There are so many other issues, but we need to do them, not to assume that people will automatically uh, appreciate these values.
0: Like you mentioned earlier, you're the um, president, first elected president for the um, Interreligious Council, right? Vice president, right? yes. Yeah, vice president. What, what has been your role in making sure this attitude is being experienced?
2: Okay. Uh, we have in detail engaged the various stakeholders, especially, like Father was saying, the political uh, leaders all the parties because this is where the most concern seems to always come we have analyzed together all these issues and we now have a document with them we're just waiting authorization where we have all agreed that for us to move forward or consolidate the the cohesion that we all aspire to Mm -hmm. there are certain things we need to do in that it includes some of the things i just mentioned so we have moved forward we are now in in the plan to engage other stakeholders because various stakeholders have various interests in this issue of national cohesion.
0: All right, okay. Over to you, Dr. Taki. We would want to say a crisis is a crisis, but also an opportunity for societies to innovate and make significant policy changes. So how do you assess the current state of cohesion considering COVID-19 and the current economic state in the country?
1: Well, in assessing cohesion really and looking at a coin state well when i started i did say that um i think the main point of conflict here that makes us not as united as we should be is politics now within um, that politics you have the various arms now looking at the challenges people are facing that's <laughs> one of the elements that again from I, I still think from the political angle can be used to to either score points or to take points of people. And because it's hard, globally, we're in a crisis. Globally, it's hard. Um, there's this economic crisis around the world. And COVID really has not helped. And also the war in Ukraine has really not helped as well.
4: Yeah.
1: Now, with all of these challenges, we actually see the vulnerability of people. And therefore, we're, I think people tend to want to hang on to to straws, in the sense that what they're feeling they cannot maybe get their normal meals they cannot get the kind of money that they they, they would normally have they cannot get resources easy coming mm-hmm. to them uh, so because of the hardship everyone's desperate and because of the first of all because of the hardship everyone's angry mm-hmm. as well so people don't really have the patience to even have communication I think these are all kind of, uh, maybe I would call them the catalysts that put the attitude together and therefore we see the differences quickly. Um, so if I support another party or I am from another region or I'm from another tribe, you see a gradual fanning of flames. We In, in Sierra Ceylon, I think we really, I think, are a country that has done really well with cohesion, with um, diversity, especially where various different views so especially with religion is one yeah. you know and, and this is something we should we really should try not to lose mm. and we should not allow anything not any kind of hardship or any kind of politics to make us lose it yeah. so in fact you find out that when, when they're fanning the flames the religious part is not coming out and we hope that that doesn't we don't get to that stage
4: yeah.
1: but the regional part is coming out the tribal part is coming out and of course a party color is coming out. They also don't go along the gender Mm -hmm. aspects also. So these are the things I think that are holding us together and I think these are the things we should hold there. Our current state, as in a question, is not as it should be. We have kind of retrogressed from where we were and and again I make mention um, to immediate post-war. And so it might be that we haven't really done a clinical look, a proper look, a deep look at probably the causes of why we had that 10-year conflict. Mm. And I, I also believe that we haven't done a proper clinical assessment and uh, make considerations for the effect of it on our people, on our mindset, on the way. So what people will call the psychosocial aspects of it. I don't mm. think we've dealt with it. And really, so to me, we had that piece it might have been an artificial you know an artificial kind of uh, look and peace trees because everyone was tired of it at the time but when you look that it's over what was declared 10 years 10 years ago mm-hmm. yeah
4: mm-hmm.
1: so it's over 2002 and we're at 2022 it's 20 years yes if for example a child during the war time was two or three at the time and up to when the war was declared over in 2002. If that child was a toddler or even a teenager at the time or a young person, what they knew then was the chaos, was the indiscipline, was the non rule of law, was all of that that comes with conflict and war. And like if we haven't, and I think we have not really dealt with that issue, and that's what has surfaced because now you have them as young people, now you have them as the youth. And we hadn't really looked clinically and had a deep look at what the cause and how to have a buffer kind of in a mindset with what they knew and this is what is surfacing now. Yes. And I think the government and every person of sailing has has an obligation to steer ourselves away from it. So we remind ourselves on it. We and see how we deal with this. So one of the things we do, we don't even we don't talk about these things. Young children who were far younger than that, 20s, who were 12, 14, they don't know what happened yeah. in Sierra Leone. They don't know. So even when we had this um, August thing, 10. August 10, yeah. a lot of people don't, even I think some of the young ones don't even So people are saying, we don't want to go back, but you don't want to go back to work because they're not aware of what it is. Some yeah. of these things we should teach them. Some of these days we should commemorate them. Some of these things we should gradually reminding people to say, this is what had happened. We're not going back down that road. So it's, it's a consistent effort from all of us, but the whole in government. Well. Yes, yeah, So but who are
0: we to blame for the...
1: Uh, all of us. of ignorance
0: and the, you know, awareness, raising Each and all and every of these one things? Of us.
1: I don't want to peg it to... Politicians are not from space. Yeah. They're members of the community. They're members of the society we find ourselves mm-hmm. in. They are sisters, brothers, aunties, uncles, yeah. right? And this is what I say for all of us each and everyone, especially the adults. Adults within the seri with within and outside of the yeah
0: um,
1: society and community. We should blame ourselves.
0: But we've had the TLC but Isn't that supposed to yes, be? Yes, but we've seen like
1: also that one government after the other they have not fully implemented the recommendations that were made from the TLC. And this is why, again, I say we blame ourselves. Because as citizens, we should be able to call up some of these things to the government and keep pushing. So when we had the TRC and then we had a constitutional review, you know, so before this was 2013 to 2016-17, the government then didn't have the white paper. When the, this government came in 2018, you had people who kept flagging it up. We need to go back and look at what the constitution says. This was why there was a review in the first place. So as citizens, really, we should be pushing our government. It should be, you know, in silence. The other way is when we have politicians, they, they become our master's. In other places, it's the opposite. You're putting them in.
0: yeah.
1: So they, they really should be working for the citizens not for themselves.
0: Exactly. And we have individual roles and responsibilities as well. Yeah. So before going to Farajou and Sheikh. What have you been doing in your corner, in your space, in making sure that this responsibility, as you said, is all of us? So how have you been doing it and what have you been doing?
1: Well, in my small little space, I, well, like, working at the university, um, I am constantly working with young minds and constantly trying to shape the young minds. So, and, and getting them to understand it's not just about academics, but there has to be some kind of holistic enlightenment to what you're supposed to be in and as a citizen and as a sailing and as an African, all of these things put together. In my other life as sort of a woman uh, advocate and working the empowerment of women I do same. So women get to understand, both young as well as you know, older women get to understand what their roles are and not what really what society carves out for them, or cuts out for them.
4: Yeah. But
1: they, they should they need to be looking beyond that, and that everyone takes responsibility. So in, in, my, in my little space, really, and, and um, everywhere I find myself, in whatever uh, sphere, whatever platform, these are the things that that come up. It might be little, but I also know it makes an impact. And we expect that it's, it sort of has this cascading uh, result where it should go out, yeah. everyone else. Yeah.
0: Okay, so for Joe, Joe, yes. would say that Ceylon is a post-conflict. It's a success, and it shows that there are things we did right. The fact that we've just we came out of war long since ago, and there are things we did right. So, but with this increasing concern about violence, it shows that maybe there are things that are lacking, or we've deviated a little. So, what would you want to say we went wrong?
3: Well, I would want to start. A First of all, by saying that um, we have come a long way integrating ourselves as a nation. Our people have been very resilient, building up, I mean, shared vision together as a nation. I want to emphasize on, I mean, the fact that uh, we've come a long way towards sharing vision. If you look at the history of Sierra Leone, the process of integration, the process of inclusion, Freetown is a typical case. Our history of Freetown, I mean, many groups were integrated in, in Freetown. And so you ask yourself, I mean, how did we do it? I mean, how did we have an inclusive society and gradually the integration with, I mean, those in the protectorate and those in the free town? So uh, we've had a history of, I mean, inclusion, we've had a history of, I mean, integration, bringing people into uh, the public sphere from different sectors, different spheres of life. I mean, bringing different subcultures. I think that's the track we should follow as a nation. Inclusion, integration, the culture of encounter. I mean, the culture of dialogue. I mean, these are the things I want to emphasize. I would say the challenges we've had are challenges that have been framed as political. It has been challenges, I would also emphasize, challenges around interests, challenges around uh, uh, access to resources. For me, these are the challenges. But as a nation, we've been working towards integration. If you look at, I mean, take a typical, I mean, Sunday, or take a typical Friday, go to the mosque, go to the churches, ask yourself, who are those sitting next to you? There are people from different tribes, there are people from different regions, the intermarriages that you've had. But it's only when people use politics to present an agenda that, I mean, it's about, I mean, either it's politics, it's either politics or it's not development. So, they bring a false choice, choice to people, a false agenda to people. We should be working towards development. At the end of the day, if you ask yourself, I mean, what do people need? What's the preference of people in life? It's about food, it's about taking care of people, it's about being loved, being accepted. I think that is what we should work towards. And as, I mean, uh, Doc has said, all of us, all of us, both, I mean, the state, civil society, the international community that is accompanying and maybe helping us, we should all be working towards that. I mean, expanding space for everybody. I mean, uh, constantly negotiating the different cultures and subcultures in our society. I think that's what we should be working towards. Because at the end of the day, the challenges are similar. And I mean, let's remember also, it is a fragile country with over 60% of multidimensional poverty. And so it means, I mean, we have come a long way. People have been able to, 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 despite the challenges, despite the challenges. But what we need to do is to work consistently. Everybody in his own corner. And I would also emphasise, more so the political class, the political elite. They must have consensus on the rules of the game. They must have what I would call responsible politics, because they take the lead. We have a culture where people follow those who are, those who are leaders. And so we need responsible leadership. Responsible leadership at all levels. That's the track. That's the way I would look at. I mean, social cohesion in our country. A lot of us must work towards making our country better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was I was going to ask, how can we really get away with this um, political divide that keeps inciting? Well, seemingly inciting the whole um, cohesion issue in the country.
3: Uh, If you look at the the, the TRC report, the very beginning, the very first pages, it talks about failure of leadership at all levels. I mean, whenever I read that, failure of leadership at all levels, the war was as a result of failure of leadership. I feel a sense of guilt and ask myself in my own corner, what type of leadership am I promoting? What type of culture of dialogue and encounter am I promoting? What type of I mean, uh, uh, public sphere am I trying to create where everybody can have a space? And that ties in with I mean, our so called agenda, sustainable development agenda, yeah, 2030, like and, the, an and the African agenda, and leaving nobody behind. We mm-hmm. want a united, cohesive uh, Africa with its own values. So um, let's take the challenge and walk towards a better Sierra Leone.
0: All right, thank you so much. Well, to someone listening there, it might seem impossible for this to happen, being that, well, this has been the the issue that led us to the war, and it's on, it's in in, in the TLC reports, and we still haven't addressed the issue in any way. Does this? What hope can you give to to citizens out there?
2: Okay, uh, let me go back to this issue of the. Uh, Covid nineteen, the corona.
4: Yes,
2: please. Uh, because it's important as we move forward with this issue of uh, national cohesion, that we carry along some of the positive things okay. that enhance national cohesion. If you go back to Ebola, Ebola was devastating to our country. Yes. But the way we rallied was the <coughs> by mid towards the end of Ebola, as a nation, right from the leadership to grassroots, we were able to control Ebola. And I can tell you, I don't know how much of this information is out there to the grassroots, but because of our national success with Ebola towards the end, the response to corona was quite admirable. It was not as devastating as it could have been. I think this is a positive thing we should carry out. Otherwise, the tendency to throw the baby with the bathwater exists. I mean, to answer your question, that the way forward is that we don't ignore the good things that are, are happening, because this is what strengthens the common man to, to move forward. I raised the issue earlier of nationhood. We really have to work on how people apply themselves to nationhood. I worked in, in Bangladesh for two years, and I was always amazed at every point in the lifts, in the in the transport public transport, they had, which country are you from? Which country? I thought they were being too uh, incrustative, but later I learned. Is that during the Bangladeshi war for independence they were also coming it was such a terrible thing that there for them statehood is primary so when they see somebody from another country which country are you from so if we can try to ask each other to the effect that we are from one country that nationhood and I started by saying the national anthem it's not for nothing mm-hmm. believe me once we come towards a common belief that we have one nation That is one way forward. Otherwise, we'll be groping around with the difficulties, and then that weakens. In fact, uh, Father, I I think that the politicians are misusing politics. Mm. Politics need not be that violent or divisive. Use it well with your intellect. But sometimes, when they are lacking in this intellect, they resort to misuse of politics. So again, we have to address. Let us show people that you don't need to divide by being a politician i think that's one way forward.
0: but would you want to say there's a mindset issue that has resulted to manipulation
2: the mindset of the citizens yes yeah but how long can you allow yourself to be manipulated so like we have all said it's everybody's responsibility yeah we should fight against that mindset that allows anybody to misuse you because you don't see the benefit i mean there's no way violence can solve any problem so if you reflect on it it means that you have to change the, the strategy. If violence is going to, if, if some action is going to result in loss of life, I cannot justify that at any
3: time. At all. Well, to add to him, I mean, you ask suggestions, you know, the way forward. I mean, how do we increase trust? Trust amongst ourselves.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, trust between state and society. How do we address inequities, inequalities? Yeah. I mean, how do we assist, as as Alaji said, how do we build national identity without losing other identities? Because identity is not a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. At times we we think identity is a zero sum game. I'm a Mende, I'm a Timne, and that's it. Yeah. I'm a, no you can as well celebrate the diverse patterns and identities that you have without losing your sense of being a Sierra Leonean, your sense of being a Limba, your sense of I'm a proud team, I'm a proud Limba, but also I'm a Sierra Leonean, yeah. I'm a Christian, I'm a teacher. So identity is not a zero-sum game. So how do we navigate all of this? These are ways of, I mean, building social cohesion. And I think uh, we must, all of us, walk towards that.
0: Alright, so a uh, last words, starting from father, how can we really work towards having a cohesive and tolerant society?
3: This, I mean, what we are doing now, having the discussion, you know, having this encounter, I believe, I mean, dialogue, encounter, work together, responsible leadership, create a, a culture and ethos where everyone has his own space, we respect human dignity, I mean, from a religious perspective, we respect the dignity of everybody. I mean, no one should be left out. Everybody should take part in uh, in, uh, deciding the type of governance you want, the governance we want. I mean, these are the ways we can help, I mean, to build social cohesion and to make our country better. And I think, I mean, we have values we can, we can count on, we can rely on. We have strong religious values. which can help shape our national vision, our vision and identity of who we are. And I think our history, our history of integration, our history of resilience, this can help, I mean, give us, I mean, the context that we need to flourish as a nation.
4: Right
0: checks
2: okay so my own position is still that uh, the issue of national cohesion is not just an outcome we should help or enable citizens to move towards that outcome of national cohesion but more importantly we should (coughs) be able to monitor how we are making or not making progress Mm. because otherwise we are always in the difficult area the dark area yeah but sometimes there is progress being made let us highlight it and then people will see that, yes, to, if this is done rightly, it can result in positive. So we need to be more strategic on this issue of national cohesion. Otherwise, it becomes just a uh, castle in the air and people um, have different views. And yeah. so I hope that we'll move forward by actually tracking what needs to be done. And w- when we achieve some success, let's bring it out for people to see. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Over to you, Dr.
1: I think um, we need to to make sure everyone feels, as, as has been said by both uh, father and Sheik, that um, there has to be, people have to take ownership, there has to be, um, everyone needs to feel part of part <coughs> of the society, they have to feel part of uh, the system. So that when we're communicating, so like now we're, we're talking all the things we've said, we it needs to go out for people to understand and to hear we there has to be a constant uh messaging to the the most remote place in the language that they understand that there's nowhere else to go this is where we have this is where you make or break now is what your children that is what you're going to leave for your children Mm. and that is important to pass on so even if they don't understand all this high english we are speaking now it has to be basic it has to Go down well with them in the language that they understand that um is unique it's dynamic really yeah. and <coughs> um and and that's a, a, a plus plus you know and this is what we have to hold ourselves and people also need to understand that they should not encourage persons to come to them and tell them to go and do things that they know in their conscience and in their mind is wrong That they know in their conscience and in their mind would affect their children after. So nobody should come and tell them, go and stone this place, go and burn this place, go and kill somebody. For what? At the end, when whatever it is, when the person disappears or when it ends, then what happens? Who suffers? So they need to understand that we have a country we were born in, We have a country we claim that is ours. We have to own. The country is our responsibility. When we die and we leave, we're going to leave people behind Mm -hmm. who also will have that responsibility to take care of the country. And this is the message that has to go. That no amount of fighting, no amount of killing, no amount of destruction will do us any good. There's so much you can go as a refugee to another country. You would not be part of that. This is where you are. And this is where we have to own and claim and protect and look after. That's my message.
0: This is where we'll always come back to. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming here today and being part of the program. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bridging Knowledge and Policy from the Institute for Governance Reform. For more information on IGL's research and advocacy, visit our website on www.iglsl.org and follow us on all social
4: media handles.